From Relay FM, this is Analog, episode number 23. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a 10-day free trial, visit lynda.com slash analog. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the one and only Mr. Casey Liss. Hi, Casey Liss. Hello, how are you? I am very well, sir. How the devil are you? <laughs> That's so delightfully British. I, I, I wish I could think of a British way to answer that question, but uh, I'm well. Cheerio, pip, pip, what up, what, what, governor? <laughs> Something like that. Would Something along those lines. Well, I'm, I'm chuffed to hear you say it that way. I'm not letting you get away with I'm well. I, I don't know. I'm doing well. I, I don't know what else to say. It's cold here. Um, it's been looking like Britain insofar as it looks like gray soup outside, which is miserable. Um, and it's been very cold, and that's not enjoyable. But hopefully it will warm up soon. A moment ago, you told me you were a mess. Oh, well, that's my standard operating procedure right now. What, what does that mean? Just, I feel totally disheveled when I record this show. Maybe that's why, I'm, why it's so raw and why I'm so willing, willing to talk about my feels. Because every time I record this show, I feel like I am not completely under control. And I think part of that might be because we record an hour after I leave work. And uh, Mike has very graciously um, committed to try to bump that back a little bit, which is, which is very gracious. I don't mean that sarcastically because it is eleven o'clock in the evening your time. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, see, yes. I would if I'm not sleeping at eleven, I'm cranky. So it is extremely gracious of Mike to to offer to do that, and we may be doing that next week. But as it stands today, I leave work at five. I'm home from work at 10 after, and then I throw something down my gullet so you don't hear my stomach growling. Is this what people tune in for? Anyway, so uh, not. so we have some follow-up, do we not? Oh, we most definitely do. So this uh, comes in to us today from good friend of the show, Mr. Rob Lewis. Uh, Rob sent in an email um, just in regards to about stickers and tattoos because we were talking about it last week. Rob has a couple of really interesting tattoos that are of things that he loves. He has a Back to the Future tattoo and he has a quote from Lost and he has some Instagram photos. I'm going to put those in the show notes. So they're things that he loves and he says that he thinks about his tattoos the same way that I describe stickers like a reflection of the things that I love. Um, he's, although he said, of course, tattoos need to be thought a little bit more than stickers on a laptop. Because you brought that up, didn't you? Like, mm-hmm. have you, uh, you know, have you uh, got any tattoos? And I, right, said, no, right. but I said, you know, kind of why. But... Yep, it's exactly right. And so he apparently came to a very similar conclusion that you could extend the same thought into um, tattooing your body uh, in the same way you kind of sort of tattoo your computer by putting stickers on it. And so he sent a couple of examples of just like you said, things that are really uh, important and precious to him. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I don't know anything about tattoos, but they're pretty cool tattoos. They most certainly are. I like them. I like Back to the Future. I knew you would. So if you were if you were to get a tattoo of some sort of media thing, like Back to the Future, for example, would it be Back to the Future? Or would it be something else? No, no, it's Scott Pilgrim, like I said last Oh, week. that's right. I'm sorry. I completely forgot. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I would get. And I think that might have been what made him think to to show these because they are that kind of idea, like things that mean a lot to him. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I've never personally been a tattoo kind of guy. I don't really care for it on me. Um, I don't have any. I have no desire to get any. I've never modified my body. Is that the word I'm looking for? I've never had any piercings, although I do have a freckle on one of my ears that looks like an ear piercing, which is kind of funny. But um, but I've never had any piercings, never had any tattoos. Um, Aaron doesn't have any tattoos. I don't know. It's 
not my personal cup of tea, but I know a lot of people like them. In Richmond, I, I don't have a lot to compare to, but I feel like a lot of people in Richmond have a lot of tattoos. Would you be offended if I said that I wasn't surprised by that? No. No, I think I'm a fairly boring guy. So. No, no, no. I, don't, I wouldn't say boring. You just don't seem that type to me. Like, that's quite an adventurous thing to do to get a tattoo, I think. I, yeah, um, I can I can get behind that. Because I was thinking, do I? is it that he doesn't think I'm ostentatious? And eh, it depends on the context. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. But I think adventurous is a, is a much better way of looking at it. Yeah, you're uh, a little bit more reserved, I think, than to do something like that. I did like how you were saying about uh, body modifications and then you said about a freckle. I was like, hang on a minute, I think we need to sit down and have a real <laughs> serious conversation. <laughs> no, no, it just it jumped into my mind as I was saying that because I was thinking, you know, I don't have any piercings. I can't think of anything I'd like pierced. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there's that one freckle. And I don't even remember which ear it is. But one of my ears, there's that conveniently placed freckle. And every once in a while, people ask, do you have your ear pierced? And I'm like, what? What? Oh, right. Oh, no, no, I don't. So I have a birthmark on the back of my neck, um, which is just like red. And weirdly, my mum has it and both of my brothers have it as well. Um, it's quite interesting. Obviously, people that know anything about genetics and stuff will say that that's not weird. But um, <laughs> you know, someone's going to say, well, it's not weird because of this. But it seems strange anyway that we all have the same birthmark. Um, and I've had people ask me previously if it, if it, was, if it was a tattoo. And it's like, do you think I just have a red splodge tattoo? Like, <laughs> what? I can, I'm a little more inventive than that. Have you not seen my computer? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking about you. Yeah. So look at this. Look at this bad boy. Uh, yeah, I added another sticker. Oh, what did you add? One of the Apple stickers. Oh. Oh, yes, because you got a new Apple sticker with your new toy. No, no yeah, but we're not talking about that yet. There's a reason, and all will become clear. But okay. there's a huge, there's a big story, and I, I don't want to tell it yet. And I probably will tell it on this show as well as many others. But it's a, uh, it's a whole big to do. And if I say about it now, then we're going to get inundated, and I need to get everything settled first. I know this sounds insane, but there's the story. Okay. <laughs> I know this makes me sound insane, but when you hear it, you'll understand. So let's talk about the hashtag. There's been some problems, KC. <laughs> There's been a couple of small snafus. I don't know if we are to blame. I feel like we must be to blame for this. So the hashtag uh, for people to send in feedback and topic suggestions is relay your feels. All week, people have been using relay the feels. Now, I don't know <laughs> what we did because it's been such a consistent like error that we must have said something. We must have said it incorrectly at some point. So the hashtag that we would love you to use is Relay Your Feels. And it's been it's been used quite a lot, actually. And so there's quite a few topic suggestions in there that I'm going to come back to, Casey. But I do have a couple um, of shorter things that I wanted to talk to you about today that have come from uh, the great listeners, the great feelers of Analog. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm giving them. They, All right. They have the name as feelers. Uh, Andrew Bloomer um, would like us to talk about music sometime. Now, this was quite an interesting one to me. Uh, I know that we've spoken about this a little bit in the past, especially on the Christmas stuff. But how would you like? How would you generalize your taste in music? Like, do you feel you have good taste in music, bad taste in music? So, I would generalize my taste in music as eclectic, but I would I would describe everyone else generalizing my taste in music as crappy. 
if that makes any okay. sense. In that, I th- I think you know I, I listen to a lot of different things, and I don't think most of it's bad. But I th- but I feel like most people beat me up about the stuff that I really enjoy. As an example, Dave Matthews Band. Um, a lot of people hate Dave Matthews Band. I think it's very trendy to hate the Dave Matthews Band, and so that alone has probably got most people gagging a little bit. Now, how would you describe your taste in music? See, this is the thing. Like, tasting music is such a difficult thing. Unless you sincerely prescribe to a specific type of music, pretty much everyone in the world says I have mixed tasting music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to double check something about Dave Matthews. Though, would you consider Dave Matthews a guilty pleasure or no? Um, that's a really tough call because um, Dave Matthews, the Dave Matthews Band, has kind of served different purposes in my life at different times for a long time. I would say they were my favorite artists bar none. And I don't think that's the case anymore, but I do still enjoy going back and listening to it. And it's almost more nostalgic now than it is like a, a genuine new enjoyment. I hope that makes sense. But, um, like I heard a very brief clip of um, Dancy Nancy's, which is a Dave Matthews song that I, that I really, really like. And this was just yesterday, the day before. And I thought to myself, man, I really got to go back and listen to some Dave. Cause I haven't heard that in a long time. And again, part of that I think is because it, especially during high school, that was like, that was my thing that they were my band. And, and I, I think listening to them brings me back to that. And then the other thing I should say is to be fair, I've been to 22 Dave Matthews concerts, and I'm more than a little bummed that I'm going to miss it this year because we're going to be out of town when they're coming somewhat nearby. Um, so I tend to, I tend to, Aaron and I, we tend to go every single year to one show um, because we do enjoy the live show so much. And despite what I think a lot of people believe, I, I happen to think that Dave Matthews is a really good jam band and every show is different. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to step any further down this road because it inevitably i'm going to get a million emails how how what do you think like what do you are there any artists that you really listen to in high school that that you still listen to today uh yes definitely um and and i guess for me right so i would say that if i was to categorize my my main music tastes in one it would be indie rock and especially the indie rock that was influenced in the early 2000s by bands like the strokes um and i wouldn't say kings of leon but they were a band that i enjoyed a lot i mean you could kind of call they they influenced some people around that time but like the libertines and the arctic monkeys they kind of like epitomized the type of music that i love the most um because some of my favorite bands in the world are those the libertines kings of leon and the arctic monkeys they're like three of my favorite bands of all time i love all of their music i own all of their albums i, I love every song but my kind of like big band that has stayed with me from a from a young age to now, which is probably my Dave Matthews, is the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys, really? I love the Beach Boys. I had no idea. More than basically anyone you will ever know. Really? I I have owned uh, basically well, on iTunes every single Beach Boys album that they ever made. I bought all of them, even if some were just. Um, like collection albums with slightly different variations of some songs. Um, I've seen Brian Wilson in concert. 
a couple of years ago, and a couple, and also more recently, uh, the Beach Boys reunited for a final ever tour, um, and I got to see all living members of the Beach Boys in London, um, and I cried. Really, True I story. had yeah. I th- this took a turn that I was not prepared for. You should have warned me to put my seatbelt on. That is fascinating to me. Now, how did you land on the Beach Boys? Was this something that was playing a lot when you were a very young kid, or? Yeah, my dad loved them. Um, and so they they knew them from when I was a kid. And then when I was maybe like 12 or 13, um, we bought him for his birthday uh, a Beach Boys collection. They, they, they brought out a new collection. So we used to listen to it with him in the car. Um, and then I just love the way the Beach Boys music makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me feel happy like no other music does like music is a big thing in my life i'm i love lyrics i am a big big person for lyrics um and some of the lyrics that brian wilson wrote are just just incredible i mean some of the melodies leave a little bit to desire like leave a little bit to what's the term to be desired that's mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. like for example some beach boys songs actually use the same melody but mm-hmm. like for totally different songs. Like, for example, um, there's a song called Little Surfer Girl and there's a song called In My Room, which are both really haunting, sad, but beautiful songs. They use the exact same melody and they were le- released years apart. And I know all little random facts. Like, for example, uh, you're familiar with the song Barbara Ann, right? Yeah, yeah. Barbara Ann was recorded uh, not at... Not in a recording studio as such. It was actually re- recorded as part of an album called Beach Boys Party, where they recorded a bunch of music uh, with people there live, like it was a party. And that's why that song sounds so crazy. And there's all that stuff going on in the background, because the main studio recording of Barbara Ann, one of the Beach Boys' biggest songs, was recorded with like a bunch of people there. Hmm. Um, I, I've read books. Uh, I'm such a massive, massive uh, Beach Boys fan. And I always thought that I would never get to see them. And I got to see Brian Wilson because he plays with his own band. And that was an incredibly emotional experience because he is such a tortured soul. Um, and you can kind of see what the drugs did to him, you know. Um, he's he's a very, um, it's very unfortunate. Like he's still, he's still more than capable of playing his music, but he's not, he's not, a hundred percent there you know right right um but then when when um they announced the tour i I was just so on it and and because of my love for them my younger brother also really loves the beach boys because he grew up with me constantly playing them um i mean i own vinyl i own an original uh pressing of pet sounds um i'm just i'm such a massive beach boys fan my brother actually has a beach boys tattoo really yeah God, that's so, so incredible to me. It's, it, it's a love that I passed to him. It, nothing, nothing is bad or wrong with this. And so if I say anything that, that, that sounds otherwise, I apologize. But to me, the Beach Boys is like my grandparents' music. It's not even my oh, parents' yeah, music. Weird. It's my yeah, grandparents' yeah. music. And, and admittedly, any Beach Boys song I've ever heard, I, I, anyone that I've heard, I've always thought of as extremely like super just sugary and happy. And I don't mean that dismissively. I really don't. But and so in in a way, it makes sense that you would enjoy it so much. But golly, I was expecting you to say like Oasis, and not because they're British, just because I feel. Oh, I like, love Oasis. You know, and right. I love Blur and Pulp and 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 all of those bands. Like I love all of those. Um, but if you were to say to me like, 
who is your favourite band of all time, of your entire life, who is your favourite band, then it would be the Beach Boys. I mean, if you ask me who my favourite band was, I'd probably say like the Arctic Monkeys, because, you know, if I think in more recent times, but across my entire life, the Beach Boys have been like the prevailing band that, that I've always enjoyed. It's a weird one as well, because like it's difficult to get people to, to come along with you on that, because <laughs> they most of their music is, I mean, happy. I mean, to say it's your grandparents' music, I understand what you mean. I mean, technically, that wouldn't be the case, because most of their music was actually between the 60s and 70s, so it's more likely to be your parents' music, but oh, I yeah, get yeah. your point. Um, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> An incredible album of theirs is their Live at Nebworth album. Nebworth's a place here, it's... Um, it's like this big open field and lots of fantastic bands have played there like Oasis. Uh, but their Nebworth album is incredible. It was in the, I think it was in the, either the late eighties or the early nineties that they recorded that. Um, it was, I think it was one of the last live albums with them all being alive and together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause a couple of them, well, three of uh, two of them are dead now um, of the original lineup. Hmm. That's so wild. It's it's funny because the way you describe them in reading books and collecting every known recording, that's very much the way I was about Dave Matthews in high school. And um, imagine my, I don't know if surprise is really the right word, but imagine how dumbfounded I was when shortly after graduating college, I ended up getting a job in Charlottesville, Virginia, which I know probably doesn't mean anything to you, but that's where... Uh, the Dave Matthews Band was formed. And so I was able to go to the bar that Dave Matthews was a bartender at. I I could tomorrow go and drive an hour, or at the time, drive 10 minutes, and see the Pink Warehouse where they performed their first um, concert on Earth Day in like 92 or something like that. And it's... the way you talk about the Beach Boys is the way I felt about Dave Matthews. And the advantage that I have with with Dave Matthews is that they allow people to record their concerts. And so if you really want to get crazy about it, much like you could with the Grateful Dead, and there are many other artists that do this as well, you could just go hog wild downloading or trading. In fact, at the time when I was in high school, I would trade um, either cassettes or CDs with random people in the mail. And so I would send them a concert that I'd made a copy of on either cassette or CD. And then they would send a concert that I wanted that, that they had a copy made a copy of on cassette or CD. And it was, that's how I would get more material because I had this unbelievable thirst for more material in very much the same way you're describing. But golly, I feel like Dave Matthews is comparatively a very boring answer. Well, pro- I'm sure a lot of people are saying, well, it's boring regardless, but... but well, it, I think practically everybody listening is judging us. I mean, because neither of these are, like, popular today. Yeah, bands. yeah, yeah. Um, so they're both as probably as weird as each other, but uh, people, long-time listeners probably knew that about you. I don't think everybody would know that about me. I didn't know it. I've spoken about it. Like, if anybody ever asks me that question, I'll tell them that answer. Um, but it's, it's you know, it's that, you know, it, it is a strange one. Like, I appreciate the weirdness of a, of a guy in his young, in his early 20s uh, who is obsessed with the Beach Boys. Like, but, but I really am. I love, I love them. Just, it's just the, some of the best music you'll ever hear, in my opinion, uh, for many different reasons. Can you, Maybe not this week, maybe not right now, but at some point, I would love for you to put together like four or five songs on like Spotify or something like that, like a, just a very short playlist. It doesn't have to be crazy, 
or maybe it'd be easier if it was 30 songs, but um, put together a few songs that you think really encapsulate the, the different kinds of Beach Boys songs. And I'd love to listen to it because now I feel like I'm missing out. I feel like there's something incredible out there that I should have in my life. And I'm just, you know, shrugging it off as, oh, that's that crazy California music where everyone's just happy about surfing. And I, I'm getting the feeling that there's so much more to it than that. And I'm not giving them the credit they deserve. Yeah, so like just a couple of things to show my insanity of this. Of course, uh, I can maybe select some from the surfing era and some from the hot rod era and some from the pet sounds era. Tell me more about the hot rod era. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> Beach Boys are they? I think they made more songs about cars than surfing. Is Actually, that right? Well, made, is, it, yeah, well made, is Little Deuce Coop them? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the first it one is. that jumps to mind. So yeah. Yeah. Um, when they released, I think their fir- I believe their first song was Surfing Safari. Um, it was either Surfing Safari or Surfing USA. None of them could surf. Oh, I had heard that recently, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not one of them could surf. Man, that's so crazy. That's wild. Um, all right. So it, I think you had already answered this question, but favorite band today, if you had to pick only one? It's either the Arctic Monkeys or the Kings of Leon. Um, the Arctic Monkeys, I say, because... Like especially their recent album is just a triumph. Um, it's the best album that they've made since their first album, and they're incredible. But uh, but you know, they had some albums in the middle that I wasn't too keen on. But Kings of Leon, I think, have had six studio albums. Um, there is not one Kings of Leon song that I do not like. Really? Yeah, What's the one, one that was crazy popular that started out with like just a guitar? Sex on Fire. No, no, no. That, that That is the right answer. It's not the one I'm thinking of, though. Oh. Closer? No. Shoot. Ah, oh, man, I'm, that's going to bother me. I'll have to figure it out in real time. They did do myself. a song called Closer. Ah, I don't have Spotify on this computer. Oh, well, I think it's Closer that I'm thinking of. That's ah, all right. But uh, there's one Kings, Kings of Leon song that I absolutely adored, and I think that's pretty much the only one I've ever heard because I don't actually really care for Sex on Fire. Does I didn't it use somebody. Nope. I know it. That's not bad. I know what you're thinking of. That's not it, though. I'm trying to look right now on iTunes because I think I do have that and only that song. Um, but generally speaking, it was closer. Generally speaking, um, I, I'm, I don't feel like I overjoyed with Kings of Leon. You know what is a Kings of Leon and um, shoot, who's the duo? Not the White Stripes, the two dudes uh, that everyone loves. Uh, Dan Arbach is one of them. Um, ah, I'm the worst. Oh my! I don't know what you're talking. I about. know you don't because I'm not making any damn sense. Uh, <laughs> Who are the two dudes? The two dudes. One of them's name is Dan. I'll just have to Google this. Dan R. Bla- Black Keys. Thank you, Zadavio. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like the Black Keys. So the Black Keys. I never seek out the Black Keys, but every time I listen to it, I'm like, holy crap, this is really good. I should listen to more of this. Um, so anyway, but uh, but you would say Kings of Leon or Arctic Monkeys or or just one of the two of those. It's one of the two of those. Okay, um, it, it's difficult to. to I think it, oh, I'm struggling to pick between. between yeah, I'll allow two. Um, for me, the the band that I've been obsessed with for a couple of years now and was made worse or better depending on how you look at it when I saw them live because I think seeing them live it may be the best concert I've ever seen in my life. Um, is a band called Mute Math, and they've only put out maybe three or four albums. Um, they're not very popular, and when they were first, when they first came out, the way I had been introduced to them was, oh, there's this really good Christian band that you'll really like. I don't know if that's even 
deliberate on their part. In fact, I've never really heard to them referred that way since, but that's how it, they came into my world, which is odd because I'm not a religious person and I have never really sought out religious music. I actually really like Jars of Clay by happenstance, but uh, that that's how it was presented to me. And I have grown to like Mute Math more and more over the years, and I've had the the pleasure of seeing them three times, coincidentally once opening for Dave Matthews, but um, once at a very small club here in Richmond and once uh, up in Baltimore with my younger brother. And every single time, it is possibly the most amazing live show I've ever seen. I've seen other shows that maybe academically you could say are better. I've seen Elton John. I've seen Billy Joel. I've seen Peter Gabriel, all of which put on phenomenal shows. But there's something about the Mute Math show. It, there's just so much energy coming from just four guys and so much music coming from four guys. And I found, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I want to ask you similar questions, but I found that for me, I don't really care that much about the lyrics, which explains how I can listen to Dave Matthews bands. <laughs> but are there um, are no lyrics in Dave No, Matthews? no, there are, but they're just atrociously bad. They are almost okay. unintelligible. And he's not a terribly good singer on top of that. Well, anyway, I find that to me, the rhythm section of a band is what really hooks me. Dave Matthews' band, I will fight anyone who says that Carter Beaufort, their drummer, is not one of the best drummers in popular music. Okay, maybe not popular music. One of the best drummers in music today. He is unbelievably good. And their bassist, Stefan Lassard, is also very good. Well, with Mute Math, their bassist, uh, Mitchell Cardenas, I think think I probably got that slightly wrong. I apologize. But um, their bassist is excellent. But their drummer, um, Darren King, is unbelievable. What Carter Beaufort from Dave Matthews does with like a 30 or 40 piece drum kit, uh, Darren King does with like a five piece drum kit. And it's the, the, and the sound is almost identical. It is amazing. And I'll put at least one Mute Math um, video of of them live in the um in the show notes because to watch them is just tremendous and they're not the only group that does this in fact godsmack i've seen do this but all of the members of mute math tend to be able to play everyone else's instruments so the bassist occasionally will go and play drums and the drummer well darren usually only plays drums but um Paul Meany, who plays keyboards, also plays a theremin. He plays a freaking theremin. Nobody even knows what a theremin is. I'm not sure I know what a theremin is, and he plays a freaking theremin. I do because of because of good vibration. Oh, see, there you go. Um, but yeah, so in their uh, guitarist, um, Greg something. No, Greg Hill's the old one. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but anyway, their guitarist will play keyboards, and it's just they, they all like rotate around, and it's just the most amazing live show. And because I, I already loved the music to begin with. And then seeing them live just put me right over the edge. And and I would drive hours to see them if, if they were coming anywhere nearby. Now, all this leads to a question. But before we get there, we should probably um, thank one of our friends. So would, would you do that for me? And then I'll ask you a question. Of course. This week's episode of Analog is brought to you by Lynda.com. 
Lynda.com. Lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world and has over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, business, and so much more. And you can learn something new today with a free 10-day trial to Lynda.com. All of their courses are taught by experts and they have new courses being added to the site every week. Whether you want to find a better work-life balance, invest in a new hobby, or find a new job, or just learn some some skills you always wanted to know, Lynda.com has something for you because they have something for everyone and they do this by having so many incredible courses on so many different subjects when you sign up to lynda.com you're going to get unlimited access to every single course they have including the new all the new courses that they're adding all the time and you'll be able to watch these on your desktop on your iphone on your android phone on your tablet because they have apps for ios and android as well um, let me give you an idea of some of the courses that lynda.com have. Maybe you want to watch a course by Jeffrey Zeldman. He's got something on lynda.com called 20 Years of Web Design and the Community. So maybe you want to learn a little about the web community and web design. Jeffrey Zeldman's put together something there. Um, I mentioned, I've mentioned this before. I think it's really cool. Code Clinic, which is an innovative series where each month lynda.com issues a code challenge and authors share their solutions using a variety of different programming languages. And talking about the programming languages, maybe you want to learn a bit about web design. They have courses on HTML, CSS, Drupal, jQuery, Node.js, you name it, they have it. I've heard the guys on ATP talk about those, so I know that they must be things people <laughs> interested in. Uh, maybe you want to compare Swift and Objective-C. So maybe you want to start bringing your Objective-C uh, apps and, and products over to Swift. Lynda.com can help you by looking at how to migrate them from one to the other. They have so much more. Maybe you just want to get started in programming. They have stuff on that. Maybe you want to get started in photography. They have stuff on that too. Do something good for yourself this year and sign up for a free 10-day trial to Lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash analog. Thank you so much to Lynda for supporting this show and all a relay fm so i i have a question for you okay go for it um but before i do that i'm gonna interrupt myself yet again and okay. uh any of you who happen to be listening live i think that mike and i are probably going to spend an inordinate amount of time putting links in the show notes and whether you're listening live or not you should definitely check out the show notes on on for this episode because there's going to be a lot of just wonderful music in there and when i say wonderful music i don't necessarily mean dave matthews band so i've already i've already compiled what i think would be my my uh, beach boys taster spotify playlist oh look at you you are fast uh, and i'm going to put it i'm going to put it in the show notes it's there's well i've kind of cheated there's six songs on it um oh that's fine uh, i think i think it gives a good idea Actually, I'm going to put another one in there. It gives a good idea <laughs> of their of their type of sort of like breadth and style. If you call it breadth, it is similar to a point. Fair enough. Now, if one would want to find the show notes for your analog program on Relay FM, where would one go? One would uh, point their web browser at relay.fm slash analog slash 23. Excellent. So I'm sorry, I keep interrupting myself, but I really genuinely do want to hear the answer to this question. Do you enjoy concerts or not so much? Uh, I do. I do. Um, I definitely enjoy... So th there is a distinction here. It doesn't sound like much of one, but there is one. I enjoy gigs more than concerts. And so okay, in, explain that. Yeah, so here, basically, the difference would be that effectively a gig is in a small venue, um, hundreds of people, maybe, pretty much, mm -hmm. and then a concert is to thousands and tens of thousands. Interesting. Is that, is that a globally understood distinction, or is that Mike's distinction? I don't know. I, uh, well, it's we understand it here. Interesting. Okay, I've never heard it phrased that way, but the way you describe it jives with like 
my fuzzy mental def- uh, model of what these two things are. So yeah, we we definitely call it that way. I mean, I do like I do like both, and I and I do go to both. There was a time in my life in the in the early two thousands when I was listening to lots of like indie rock music and stuff. I used to go to concerts pretty much every week. Some I would go to more than one, uh, like maybe two or three a week. Uh, it was a it was a big part of my life um, in my sort of late teens, early twenties. Well, not early twenties, more like my late teens. Um, and yeah, so he, you know, that I just used to love doing that sort of stuff. It was such a big thing for me. Um, so I, I do like live music. Uh, I, I don't go to as much of it as I, as I used to, but but I do definitely still love. I do love live music. Best show you've ever seen, or top two that jumped to your mind? Okay, so see, because all right, so one of them was Mumford and Sons at the O2 Arena. Now O2 Arena I've, is really big. Is that correct? It's a capacity of twenty five thousand. Oh, that's not that big, actually. No, but it's 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 that's definitely a concert. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they were in just they were just. I've never been to a concert like it because, like, from the person at the very front to the person at the very back, everyone was going crazy. Um, also, as well, I went to see Coldplay. Oh, I bet that was really good. Yeah, I saw them at um, Wembley Stadium. Mm-hmm. which is huge for us. It's a huge venue. And Jay-Z was supporting. Really? Yeah. It was amazing. That's right. Uh, cool. They were very good. And so the reason, like I've been to, to probably lots of better gigs than that, but those two I always remember uh, because they stand out in my mind because they were these incredible experiences. Because like people were just like the singing so loud. And, and that's what I love. I love to hear people singing because I like to sing. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of singing, uh, whether I'm very good at it or not. <laughs> I enjoy it. I hear you. No, when I'm at a concert, I'm usually singing and dancing, which are two things that I'm terrible at and would never do in public for any other reason. Um, You're a concert dancer. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I can't dance. Well, mm, dancing is probably a bit... Uh, overblown. I tap my foot emphatically. That ends up involving my entire body, which is as awkward as you are imagining right now. I want to see this happen. One it's, day, it will never happen unless we go to a concert together. In which case, you will see it and you will be embarrassed. Concert dancing isn't is tends to not be very good. Well, you're British. No, like just in general. Oh, 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 okay. I thought you were trying to say that you don't reflect on it very well, which is you know you don't want to be ostentatious and whatnot, but. Um, I would say, so Mute Math, as I've already talked about ad nauseum, is possibly the best live show I've ever seen. Um, Another couple that really come to mind, um, I'm going to cop out and throw Billy Joel and Elton John in there just because, not necessarily because the shows were that unbelievably tremendous, but because they're Billy John, (laughs) Billy John, Billy Joel and Elton John. Um, You know who was really good was Muse. I've seen them a couple times. Oh, really yeah, good. man. I bet they would be incredible. I've, really seen, I've seen some footage of their live shows and they do look fantastic. Yeah, I've seen I've seen clips of them at Wembley, if not if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, oh, they opened goodness. Wembley. Oh, is that right? I didn't know so that. So the new Wembley. They they I believe Muse were the first to play there. Um and speaking of British uh, individuals, um I've seen Peter Gabriel two or three times at least. Uh, I really love Peter Gabriel, which is a weird thing. That's my Beach Boys in that it's like old people music. Um, really love Peter Gabriel a lot. And I saw him do a tour where, I think it was, shoot, I forget there was a name for the tour, but it suffice to say it was him doing both covers and his own songs, but like super stripped down with an orchestra. 
it was incredible. And it was a very different kind of concert than Mute Math, where Mute Math is just loud and raucous and exciting and, and whatnot, where this was more reserved. But my goodness, was it good. And um, one of my favorite shows ever. Now, to take a slight turn, you had also mentioned earlier, you're really into lyrics. Um, yeah. Can you listen to crappy music with wonderful lyrics? Could you listen to wonderful music with crappy lyrics? Or is it just a general preference and it's not a deal breaker? I wouldn't say it's a deal breaker, but if 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 it hasn't got good lyrics, I won't like it as much. Because because I like to sing, and and people tell me this. I I've had people say this to me. Like I I have a knack for picking up lyrics. Um, so I could listen to a song maybe once or twice, and I can sing along to it. Um, I don't know if that's the thing that lots of people have or or not, but. It's something that people have always said to me, like, you know, I've always had people say, oh, you know all of the words to all of the songs. That's something <laughs> that my girlfriend says that to me quite a lot. Um, it's just something I just pick them up. I think it's because I listen for them, you know, like I, I listen for the lyrics because I enjoy to hear the lyrics. And, and to, uh, I, I am a sucker for lyrical stuff, which is why I have always not like with a point that I've ever gone and looked it out, but I really like harmonies. So again, probably uh, why I okay. love the Beach Boys so mm-hmm. much. I love harmonies, um, and I do. And I've said, I think I've, I, if I've not said this in this show, I've said it before. I, I like, I really, really love the sound of uh, two men singing together. Interesting. In okay. It's just there's just a sound to it that I really love. And I mentioned the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, the lead singer of the Arctic Monkeys had a side project called The Last of the Shadow Puppets which is a male duet, and they are fantastic. Um, Now, it's funny you say that you like lyrics so much because there are certain instances of songs where they really speak to me lyrically a lot. And one example of that is um, T for One by this completely unknown artist uh, by the name of Kevin Gilbert. And um, that particular song is about a guy who kind of falls in love with this girl from afar and then tries to make his move. And I won't spoil the, um, the ending, but that song, for whatever reason, has always spoken to me deeply. And Kevin Gilbert is actually one of my favorite artists as well. Um, he actually passed away probably a decade, decade and a half ago um, through very peculiar circumstances. So if you're interested, go look at Wikipedia. But anyway... Um, Literally going to Wikipedia, right? <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, so that song spoke to me lyrically deeply. And there's a couple others. I can't even think of any others off the top of my head. But generally speaking, I even though I will sing along and and oftentimes, like you were saying, memorize lyrics, with that said, I never like conceptualize them or um that's not the word I'm looking for, but I never like sit back and think about them and try to understand them or anything like that. It's just like another instrument to me. And so because of that, like I was saying earlier. Bands with a really solid rhythm section are the ones that I tend to like the most. And I I just think that's very peculiar because almost everyone I know says that, oh God, you've got to have really good lyrics or I'm out and I can't handle it. That was interesting circumstances in which he died. Yeah, there's an that's odd story. But yeah, I, I know why a lot of it doesn't bother a lot of people because music it, for many people is for the music. Mm-hmm. It's got a good beat, you're going to enjoy it. I mean, there is a definite point to that but um i am i'm definitely one for uh the lyrics over the music so do you have any really guilty pleasures 
Um, see, I, I'm not sure. I, I like a lot of like Rat Pack music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you were talking like, about that uh, during the Christmas stuff. Yeah, so like Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. Um, I like that. I don't. I don't think I have like a a, a strong guilty pleasure like there are some pop songs that i like like there are katy perry songs i've heard that i've enjoyed there are like taylor swift songs that i've heard that i've enjoyed but i don't consider any of them my guilty pleasure like the beach boys is my guilty pleasure because they are so peculiar and like way outside the norm sure for most people you know yeah that makes sense um i'm a little Frustrated with you now, though, um, because now I'm going to tell all my dirty little secrets, and they're going to be pretty dirty compared to the Beach Boys. Um, and by that, I mean terrible music. Um, I, for whatever reason, when I was in high school, my friends and I, and by that I mean like a co-ed group, oftentimes listened to In Sync quite a bit. And so they, they were oh, all right, yeah, yeah. I mean, but we all had that, you know, we all had those times. Well, and like... I'll, but I'll double down on that and tell you that. I think we have one of their concerts on DVD, and it's actually freaking incredible. It's really, really good. Okay, so there's there's a band in the UK called Take That. Okay. Um, that's similar, five-piece boy band. Mm-hmm. Um, they reformed a couple of years ago, and I went to see them. Yeah? So, like, you know, that, that was like a band from, in like, the 90s. Right. Who were effectively like a... NSYNC, you know, like mm-hmm. it might as well be for what they are. Um, so they and I went, so I went to see Take That. So people of the UK will understand that. However, okay. lots of people went to see Take That when they reformed. <laughs> Fair enough. No, what I really love in sync, um, there, there, shoot, I had a couple others off the top of my head that I was thinking of that, that are just terrible. Um, well, not actually terrible, but, um, I've been sort of kind of after living in Virginia for a decade and a half have slowly started to come around to country music, which is really uncomfortable. Uh, I know it's really uncomfortable, but you have to understand if you don't listen to any country music and I barely do that. um, Modern country is really just rock with the, with a teeny bit of twang. That's what I think of as country. Now there's certainly country that has a lot of twang, like a lot, a lot. Um, but what has happened is for the last two or three years, we've, um, had season tickets to, uh, Aaron's alma mater. So, uh, to UVA football. And when I say football, I mean, American football and the guy that we go with, it's the three of, well, the three of us and a friend of his, um, he really, really loves country music. And so over the years, I've ended up hearing more and more and more country music and it's actually started to get okay to me, which is really weird. And so I'm trying to find, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but um, one of them is, it, I'm starting to get really into, um, oh, Luke Bryan. There you go. Uh, very, very um, approachable country music. And that's definitely a guilty pleasure. So when, uh, so you, you know, talking about music that was influenced from when you were a kid, so there's still a few of those bands that I could still listen to right now and will still love them, and, and I think some people would definitely call them a guilty pleasure. Uh, Jason Snell's favorite, Crowded House. I don't think I've ever even heard of them. They're an Australian band, and I can't remember what song it is exactly, but I know that um, one of their songs, I, th- I believe, is Jason's favorite song ever, but he doesn't really know much of their other stuff. I know I've heard him uh, I know I've heard him talk about that before. I believe he was on a a podcast. Uh oh yes and he sung it at the end. So Mule Radio had this show 
um, called "It Might It Might Get Personal," mm-hmm. and it was about people's favorite music. Oh, that's um, interesting. And it's called "Don't Dream It's Over." Hey now, hey now. Oh you yeah, 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 yeah. And Jason sings it at the end of the episode, which is fantastic. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. You need to listen to it. Um, it's way. It's it's also it's a really good show. I actually the episodes that I heard of it might get personal. I I thought was a really interesting idea. So people just go on, they talk about their favorite song, why that means something to them, and then they perform it at the end with the host, who I believe is a musician. Um, oh, see, I would really be clever show. I would be totally into being on that show, which I'm sure is over now since Mule's over. But I would be totally into being on that show until the performance part, and then I would have Skype issues and run away. I think they all did it in person. Ah, okay. Well, that makes it both better and worse all at the same time. So I'm struggling to find... I mean, I can find links to this, but I'm struggling to find a, with a with a playable episode, but I'm sure I'll find it for the show notes. Don't worry. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, I've got it. Oh, there's video too. Oh, nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this when we're done today. <laughs> Have your uh, musical taste changed over time? I hadn't finished, by the way. Oh, the oh I'm sorry. Stuff. I've just realized. Me. No, 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 no. I'd totally forgotten that I hadn't said it all. Um, so the other bands, other than just Crowded House, are um, Mike and the Mechanics. Heard of them. Can't think of their songs, but definitely heard of them. And Hootie and the Blowfish. Ah, uh, see, I the, the Hootie was popular in my high school when, when I was in high school, and I was never into it. Just never did anything for me. Now, he's a country artist now, Darius Rucker. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've heard that name. Like, there are some like so some country artists break over when they do a duet with somebody. Like right. Nelly did a duet with a country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Florida Georgia guy. Line. Oh, was it? Well, they, he did that oh, about. No, I think this was somebody else. Oh, this was. Oh no, he, uh, Tim McGraw. I think he did. Tim McGraw. That's it. I have heard of the Florida Georgia Line. There's they did a very popular song recently. Yep. Yep. That I've heard. Yep. No, um, country really doesn't land here, though. I don't know how it could. But again, it's important because if you're not like I, I am no country music connoisseur by any stretch of the imagination, I can barely handle it. But there is a distinct and tremendous difference between the stereotypical version of country music, which is really twangy and really just ugh, and the more modern country of like um, a Shania Twain or Carrie Underwood or, or is that right? Better name. And now I'm thinking of Frank Underwood, so I'm all yeah, confused. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like uh, Jake Owen, I think is one. Luke Bryan, um, Tim McGraw. A lot of these artists, many of them may have started very twangy, but modern, modern popular country is not not that twangy at all. Um, and who else is? Oh, I was thinking uh, Leanne Rhymes. Oh yeah, yeah, she's modern country. Seriously, I'm not trying to be funny. Yeah, I know. I remember because she she broke into pop. She was yes. number one in mm-hmm. the UK with many many hits. Same as Shania Twain. She was big over here too. Yep. And that's and it's country, but only barely. So, um, we uh, I, I tried to spring this on you earlier before you were ready, and I apologize. But uh, have your musical tastes changed over the years? I mean, I think you've alluded to this a little bit earlier, but uh, I don't. Since kind of I started making my own decisions about music. <laughs> uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of liked um, more R&B and hip-hop. And I do still uh, like some uh, to an extent. Typically, nothing that's in the charts R&B hip-hop Interesting, okay. Um, I find a lot of it to be unlistenable. 
uh, I will point out Nicki Minaj as being the highlight of what I consider to be unlistenable <laughs> rap music. Uh, I really, really cannot stand her. I'm sorry if you do and you're entitled to your opinion as I am with my, with my crazy bands. But uh, every song I've ever heard that she does is kind of everything that I hate about like, <laughs> kind of rap music these days. Uh, because I like uh, I like Jay-Z a lot. Um, I like older Kanye West, um, stuff like that, you know. Um, but I'm really not about some of that 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 kind of that kind of music. Do you find it hard to listen to Kanye because I find Kanye as a human being to be just absolutely deplorable, but I end up liking a lot of his music actually quite a lot and that kind of makes me sick that I enjoy it so much. Do you have the same issue? Not really because Kanye is a lyrical genius, so I can kind of look over it. He's some of his stuff. I mean, if you I think you take Jesus out of the mix and mm-hmm. you've got a pretty good stable of music. That Jesus album was just insane. I, I just didn't, I just, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but this is basically an entire song where he's just screaming. Uh, but some of the songs on that, like Black Skin Head was an, is an incredible song from that album. Um, but some of the other stuff, I just don't understand it, uh, which makes me sound really old. <laughs> I, I would say that my music tastes have diverged a bit, but they've they've pretty much stayed a course since then. Fair enough. I I feel like over time, my music tastes are always moving. Um, I there's a lot of stuff that I can tell I really like, but I don't know very well. Um, funk is a really good example. So like Sly and the Family Stone, um, which is a very old band, um, that sort of thing. Um, but lately I found myself getting really into, I'm not even sure how you would describe the genre. I can tell you that on Sirius Satellite Radio, it's described as chill. <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's the name it's of the, the station. Worst. Um, <laughs> so, that's the worst description yeah, it for is. music. It is, it really is. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll name a few bands that I classify as kind of electronic, maybe is the best way I can think of it. Um, so people like Zero Seven, I adore. Um, they've only made a couple of albums, but God, are they good. Um, zero seven, um, massive attack is another one. Um, shoot. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like dance music, but that you don't dance to. Yeah. Kind of yeah. that. That's actually a reasonable way of, well, um, of because looking at like, it. are you familiar with the ministry of sound? I've certainly heard of, of them. Um, I, I don't know that I know their music. So they do. Well, no, no. The ministry of sound is a, is a thing. Oh, it's, it's a like thing. A record label. Oh, like a record label. Oh, I thought it was an artist. Well, don't I feel stupid? We'll cut this. Well, out. they, they put out, um, compilation albums. Okay. They, they are, they manage, it's like its own record label and they manage artists and they've had radio stations and stuff like that. Uh, they have nightclubs, but they put out, um, compilations and they tend to be dance music, but they also have chill out music mm-hmm. and they call it chill out but like it's, it is the worst way to describe music I think. it really like, is what does that even mean yeah another uh, another example of a couple other artists uh, delirium um or chiba i think is how you pronounce it um yeah 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 all of this stuff is is the chill out stuff you should look you should take a look at ministry of sound compilations because i think you would like them well if, now if, now that i know it's not an artist i will have to do so <laughs> Oh goodness! But uh, yeah, I've been really into that lately, and I can't even tell you why. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's I've really enjoyed it, and and I, I keep trying to find other artists very similar to Zero Seven. I think some of that might have to do with I really, I feel like there's a tremendous jazz fan somewhere inside of me, but that hasn't come out yet. And I should probably talk to David Sparks about this, but um, 
but I feel like there's a tremendous jazz fan inside of me. And I feel like this maybe trip hop chill. I feel like a lot of these artists and zero seven is a great example. They just feel like they're not that far removed from jazz, but it's not jazz by any stretch of the imagination. And so I feel like I want to get, I want to get into jazz. Um, Oh, taking a step backwards, uh, something I consider in the funk category, have been getting really into Jamiroquai lately. Welcome to 10, 20 years ago. Um, yeah, my uh, mom's favorite, Jamiroquai. Oh, some of their stuff. A lot of it is okay, but God, the stuff that's good is really good. Um, Space Cowboy, man, one of the best songs ever written. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm sure if I heard it that I would this recognize the it. return of the Space Cowboy. Yeah, see, I, all I'm hearing is the NSYNC song in my head. Not kidding. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to sing it to you, but it's uh, okay. that. That's how bad that guilty pleasure is. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, so I feel like I'm migrating through different genres of music, but I keep coming back to Mute Math. I keep coming back to Dave Matthews Band. Uh, I keep coming back to actually Vertical Horizon, which was uh, you know that for the song Everything You Want. Um, but they have a much. I don't know the song Everything You Want. <laughs> you would. I I, I almost want to stop the show and play it for you because as soon as you hear it, you'll recognize it. It was really popular in the mid to late nineties. Um, they actually are way, way better than anyone gives them credit for. And they started as just a couple of guys harmonizing with acoustic guitars. You would actually really like this, I reckon. But um, We should start a band. But anyway, uh, well, carry on. We should be DJs because I can't play. The only instrument I can play with any effectiveness is the stereo. But uh, I can't play instruments either. But uh, but yeah, so Vertical Horizon was really good. It was a couple of guys with acoustic guitars harmonizing. And then over time, they mutated into like a very poppy rock band. And some of their back catalog is just unbelievably good. And so I keep coming back to that. And, and, and it's all cyclical and it all comes in waves. But uh, God, I feel like growing up and, and to bring this kind of background towards feelings and maybe even sum it up a little bit, growing up, um, my dad always, always had music playing and he has extremely eclectic tastes. And so there would be all sorts of stuff on all the time. And my parents were very good and remain very good in that they didn't just get locked in one stretch of time. You know, my, my parents are roughly 60 years old now. And um, it's not like the only thing they listen to is Zeppelin and Hendrix. Now, granted, we listened to a lot of Hendrix and a fair bit of Zeppelin growing up, but um, they listen to everything, including modern music. And all the time, almost always, there's music playing in the house. And now... With me, if I don't have some sort of background noise on, be it music or perhaps a TV or a podcast, I freak out. Like in silence, silence just creeps me out. And Aaron thinks I'm crazy because if we're up and just talking or or goofing off around the house, oftentimes I'll put on some background music just because I feel like something's off if I don't have music playing. And I think it's because of the way I grew up. And and I kind of like it that way. I don't have a problem with it. And it's so wonderful and people have, you know, done this a thousand, they've talked about this a thousand times, but it's so wonderful that you can put on a, the right song and totally change your mood or completely go back to being that high school kid that really just wants a date more than anything in the world or, or, you know, is, is hanging out with his dad, working on a car or whatever the case may be. And I, I think I will, for, and I, I'm not unique in this way, but I will forever love music for being such an important part of my life for so long. And, and, and I think it always will be. And, and, and I, and I love, I love that about me. And I love that Aaron appreciates it. I love that we can go to concerts together and I love that you and I are able to talk about it tonight. 
So it was interesting. The last piece that I had when I, I wrote I wrote a couple of things to talk about this was it can be tough to talk about music taste sometimes because it could be quite personal. Me and you have proven that we do not have that problem because we've not even finished the Relay Your Feels questions. More, <laughs> and then I had two topics. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we, we, we really went down the music rabbit hole. Whoopsies. But I'm, I've really enjoyed this, uh, and I am terrified about the feedback. Oh, God. This feedback is going to be awful. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely awful. And, and I think the question will only be, and this is not a challenge, this is not a request, but I think the question will be, which one of us gets more complaints about our god-awful taste in music? Um, I reckon you, and the reason I'll say that, <laughs> no, 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 it's not because you have worse taste than me, is I think a lot of the guilty pleasures and stuff i'd never heard of them which means they didn't make it overseas which means that they're probably u.s specific and maybe i don't know i feel like that that might that might not uh lend your well. favor and also you said country <laughs> you said about country music and i feel like that some people really agree with you but like the majority of people will be like what's wrong with you yep you know because country music is universally unpopular in in America, isn't it? As well, like, uh, actually, except the places where, like in the South, maybe. No, that used to be the case. And actually, one of the most freaky and weird experiences that I've had being in Virginia for about fifteen years now is about five ish years ago. I'd say all of my friends from up in Connecticut. And you have to understand, Connecticut's very close to New York. It is. It borders New York State. A lot of Connecticut is very, very close to New York City, and it is about as northeastern Yankee as you can get. Um, and, and you know the antithesis of the South, the antithesis of country. And so many people in New York and Connecticut that I am friends with are like huge country music fans now. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't understand it. Hmm. It's weird. Maybe next week we can we can finish the relay your feels uh, <laughs> questions and then get onto our topics. What Maybe we'll, we'll we'll make it a we'll make it a attempt. We'll make it our goal. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening uh, to this week's episode of Analog. Thank you to Linda for helping sponsor this week's show. Um, there will be lots of lovely stuff in the show notes. Oh, these uh, show notes are going to be huge. They're going to be, but they're going to be great. Uh, if you like mine and Casey's music, it's going to be the worst show notes you ever, ever see. Uh, thank you so much for listening, as always. If you want to get in touch with us, there's a few ways you can do that. If you go to our show notes page, which is relay.fm slash analog slash 23, you'll find a button there which will let you send an email. Casey, you'll be happy to know um, that I have had our developers work and now all of the email, all the email can come to both of us as soon as I enter our email addresses in. Awesome. I'm excited. So there you go. I know, I know, because you had to set up that horrible forward thing. But maybe I'll just never get around to putting my email address in CMS. Who knows, Casey? No, <laughs> who knows. Uh, we're also on Twitter. I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Casey is at Casey Liss, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. That's Casey Liss. And we'll be back next time with another episode of Analog, which will be episode 24. And weirdly, since I was a kid, number number 24 has always been my favorite number for no real reason. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, Casey Liss. I'll see you later, Mike.